Do you have an interest in the paranormal? Do you find joy in creepy things? Do you delight in terror? That's not going to work. My name is Ryan, and I am joined weekly by my friends Alex and Chad to dive deep into the stranger parts of life in an effort to understand more about the world we live in. Come listen to our podcast, That's Strange. You can find us in all of your podcast players. So go, listen, now, and please review. We'd really appreciate it. What is it about the unknown that fascinates us so much? Is it for the thrill of it all? Or do we seek proof of life after death? Whatever our reason may be, we find ourselves being drawn in by these places and the bone-chilling tales that they have to offer. Tortured souls cross boundaries to reach out with stories that they want to share with us. There are times we simply hear the echoes of a memory on loop. The question that remains is this, are you open-minded enough to handle it? Dive into the paranormal with DC O'Rourke, your personal guide, as we traverse the globe to dissect haunted places in each and every episode of Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal, where the spirits are always waiting. Edgar Allan Poe once wrote, Words have no power to impress the mind without the exquisite horror of their reality. Hmm. Isn't that the truth? My friends, I'm DC O'Rourke, and I thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 9 is finally here, and I'm very excited to announce we are going to be trekking into Canada. Now, where will we be going once we get there? I think that's a very good question. Our point of interest is the infamous Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel, which is nestled on the outskirts of the town Banff and Alberta. Banff is truly a beautiful town. One can simply tell that by looking at the pictures. Surrounded by a national park, it's jagged peaks from the Rockies. I mean, this town is truly a precious sight to behold. I'm sure the Canadian government would agree with me on that one. Every year, hundreds of thousands of folks flock to this fairy tale destination to partake in its numerous activities and other adventures that it has to offer, from hiking to skiing to 
whitewater rafting. Uh, there's no shortage of things to do here. The landscapes are phenomenal. The food is good. The air is pure. And there are plenty of places to stay. For example, the Fairmont Bomb Springs Hotel. <gasps> Shocker. But seriously, it's a four-star hotel, world-class, top of the line. You can't do much better than it. Originally built in 1888, it's tucked just inside the Rocky Mountains, surrounded by forests. This hotel was built at the terminus of a railway station. What was the purpose of this? Well, it was to provide convenience to traveling businessmen. Over the years, the hotel with its breathtaking surroundings became known as the Castle of the Rockies. If you get a chance, go over to the Facebook page, go over to the Instagram page, whatever's easier for you for this podcast. Check out the pictures that I'm going to post. You will see what I'm talking about. Definitely a beautiful, beautiful sight. The hotel, as it turns out, was the brainchild of William Cornelius Van Horn. I'm talking about the guy who literally coined the phrase, since we can't export the scenery, we will have to import the tourists. He was the general manager of Canadian Pacific Railway and wanted folks to be able to see the majestic Canadian Rockies while supporting his railway and resort. The original building was designed by Bruce Price and made of wood, but sadly it burned to the ground in 1926. Thankfully, it was reconstructed two years later. As it would turn out, the present buildings were constructed in a, what's the word I'm looking for, amalgam of styles. Don't let that fool you, though. It's it's still considered to be Canadian chateauesque with elements of Scottish baronial architecture and the arts and crafts movement. Listeners, you might be familiar with another railway hotel that's coming to mind. Uh, it's the Hotel Fontenac in Quebec, which was also built in this very distinctive style. If anyone's curious about the architecture, uh, from what I understand, the chateauesque features are its steep pitch roofs, the corner turrets, and pointed dormers. The hotel, the original hotel, boasted 250 rooms. The hotel today boasts 764 rooms a golf course, a restaurant, and even a spa. It sits about 4,600 feet above sea level, and it is clad in Rundle limestone. The building, hey, despite her age, she looks great. That's not even taking into the fact that she's had some pretty extensive renovations done. She still looks great. In 1988, a year after I was born, by the way, the hotel became a National Historic Site of Canada, and today it's considered to be a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Currently, the building is owned and operated by Acker Hotels as of 2016. Apparently, this historic beauty is now one of a chain of luxury accommodations under the name Fairmont Hotels and Resorts. The chain was formed in 2001 as a merger between Fairmont Hotels and Canadian Pacific Hotels. In her time, though... I will say she has seen some pretty famous and notable guests. Now, the list is way too long for me to sit here and rattle them all off, so I'm only going to name a few. Queen Elizabeth II, King George VI, Winston Churchill, Helen Keller, and my absolute favorite, Hollywood bombshell, Marilyn Monroe.
Mm. That is one lady I would have loved to have rubbed shoulders with, but I digress. The history here hasn't been forgotten about, but the guests who once checked in and never had a chance to leave seem to have been. They're still here in the hotel, roaming the halls, hanging out in their old accommodations like time has just sort of evaded them. I've discovered the legends here are plentiful, and the paranormal experiences that guests have been part of are even more so. The staff here, for a long time, they really didn't like to talk about it. Oftentimes, they just denied it. It was the easiest thing for them to do. Then, the Canadian government, back in 2014, decided they were going to pay homage to one of the most famous stories from their country's folklore with a stamp and coin. The Ghost Bride could finally emerge from the shadows of the Fairmont Bonf Springs Hotel, where she had been hidden away for so long. Michael Sheardon, the general manager of Plant Operations West Canada Post, said, Bringing intriguing Canadian tales out of the shadows is what stamps continue to do. We are pleased to join the Mint to highlight these stories and offer the perfect keepsake for those who revel in this particular type of folklore. We have been known to have visitors come from around the world for this tragic tale of the ghost bride, said regional vice president and general manager of the Fairmont Bomb Springs, David Roberts. Her chilling resemblance has been expertly captured on this new coin and stamp, which is a novel way for her spirit to live on beyond the walls of the hotel. They certainly captured her likeness very well. The 25 cent copper nickels coin its reverse design features a portrait of a bride with her eyes closed her headdress just sort of softly cascades over her shoulders this is thanks to the creative use of lenticular technology and and now it has this uniquely haunting effect to where you can tilt the coin and the bride's eyes suddenly spring open. And then the candles that light the staircase light up the once black background. The stamp does feature the same haunting image. Also, there was a limited run on the coins because the Royal Canadian Mint only issued about 15,000 of them. Care to know what they cost? $29.95. Yes, indeed. What about the bride, though? What's her story? How did she become famous famous enough to earn her way onto a stamp coin? The staff at Fairmont Bomb Springs, they honor her story now, among the many others, every year at Halloween with a heritage ghost tour. There are two different takes to the ghost bride story, but they tend to overall remain the same. Back in the 1930s, a beautiful young bride was descending one of the marble staircases in the hotel. She was in a loose, shapeless chemise dress with a dropped waist. It was adorned with beading and sequins, feathers, fringe, sparkling embroidery, exquisite detail. Apparently, she wanted to feel just like Zelda Fitzgerald on her wedding day. She was breathtaking. Let's just say that. Legend tells us that it was the day she was to be married. She was heading down the staircase to go and meet her fiancé. At some point as she walked along, something startled her from behind. 
She went to look back, but unbeknownst to her, she had gotten her feet caught in the hem of her dress. What came next was tragic, and there was nothing to be done. She stumbled backwards down the staircase to her death. In another version, the marble staircase was lined with candles for the wedding on both sides. As the bride came down, she supposedly got too close to one of them, and the back of her dress caught fire. Upon discovering that she spun around in a panic, but ended up tripping and falling down the staircase to her death. Again, two different takes to the story, but they tend to still be the same somewhat. Although I will say take number two is a lot more frightening, catching fire and then falling down the steps and snapping your neck. I mean, ugh, brutal. Definitely not a way that anybody should go. Ever since that day, though, there have been reports from guests and staff alike where people have encountered a ghostly apparition of a bride walking up and down one of the marble staircases. Others have seen a veiled figure in a white dress dancing in the Rob Roy ballroom upstairs. If it is the bride who died so tragically that day, back in the 1930s, then why does she continue to come back? Is she trapped? Or is it a matter of unfinished business? You know, that old chestnut. The, re the reason why we say ghosts come back to begin with. If you stop and think about it, she never got to marry her beau that day so long ago. She never got that first dance. She never got to share that first kiss as husband and wife. What if she's back because she's trying to reconnect with her would-be husband? A few years back, a middle-aged woman booked a stay at the hotel with some colleagues for a work conference. She had done no research on the place at all. It had come recommended to her, highly recommended. Little did she know the place was haunted. Her room was located somewhere up on the second floor, and she went to bed late in the evening, her first night there. At some point during the night, she awoke to this paralyzing, almost crippling fear that had taken over her. She jumped up straight away. She could hardly breathe. Then an image appeared before her. She could see what looked like a young woman in a white wedding dress, standing in front of an old mirror with candles at her feet. The bride had one hand placed on the mirror and looked into it longingly. The poor guest, she just sat there paralyzed in her bed, but she noticed that the bride had no reflection in that mirror. That greatly disturbed her. She closed her eyes and she prayed hard, prayed that she would go away. A few minutes later, she opened those eyes of hers and the vision was gone. Her breathing seemed to return to normal and she could move again. Well, she never got a logical explanation for what exactly happened. It actually still bothers her to this day, but there's that small part of her that constantly wonders. Did she have a run-in with a ghostly spirit from another realm? Mm. It is certainly a possibility. Not too terribly long ago, a young couple who was to be married soon was looking at potential wedding venues. The Fairmont Bump Springs happened to be high up on their list, so they arranged themselves a tour of the place. After their tour concluded, the coordinator slipped them his business card and said to call if they came to a decision or if they had any further questions. The couple 
Well, they wanted to do a little bit of exploring, so they broke away from the coordinator and started moseying on around the place, getting to know it, checking all the nooks and crannies, seeing what was hanging about. They had heard rumor that it was haunted, so they were curious. At one point, the two of them became separated, and the soon-to-be bride found herself descending the same staircase where the ghost bride had allegedly once fallen to her death. As she walked along, she felt this presence behind her, but she didn't bother to look back. She drew closer and closer to the bottom, when all of a sudden her fiancé appeared at the foot of the staircase and called out to her. It startled her so bad she lost her footing. She slipped right off the stair that she was currently on. The soon-to-be bride screamed in anticipation of what could be a tragic fall down the stairs. She tried to reach for the railing, but it was just a few inches away and she couldn't reach it. Her fiancé looked on horrified and attempted to climb the stairs in a mad dash. No sooner he took to the staircase, no sooner he took to it, the mysterious presence behind his would-be wife reached out, wrapped two chilly hands around her waist. The presence corrected her balance with great ease and lifted her back up. By the time the couple had reunited, the presence was nowhere to be found. They both walked away from the hotel, grateful to whatever person had aided them that day. The soon-to-be bride wondered, though, within the recesses of her mind, did someone actually help out that day? Because no one was there to have been seen. Or did the ghost bride come to the aid of another bride and save her from an otherwise unfortunate fate? You heard the stories. I'm inclined to believe that she's still roaming the building. She's an intelligent but lonely spirit caught in this endless void that will honestly never be filled. Next up is the story of Sam the Bellman. Back in the 1960s and 70s, there was an elderly Scottish man who worked for the hotel named Sam McCauley. From the many stories that have amassed about him over the years, I've, I've come to realize he was one of the nicest guys around. He was the type of person that would more than likely give you the shirt right off his back if you needed it. Sadly, Sam passed away in 1975, but he left a unique imprint on the Fairmont Bomb Springs that con continues to be felt until this day. According to former Bellman Captain David Moberg, he used to work with Sam, and he recalled him stating that on more than one occasion, he loved the hotel so much, he hoped to come back and haunt it as a ghost. Now look, <laughs> that right there, uh, I love that so much. I, I love it even more now because that wish of his, that peculiar wish of his, it came true. Sam in death is doing just as he did in life. He's wandering the he the halls of the hotel, helping guests that find themselves in need. Both staff and guests have said they've encountered him and his helpful hands more than one time throughout the years. One such story comes from two elderly female guests that were returning to the hotel one day after a day out. They climbed the stairs to their room, and when they got there, they found the room key would not work. Frustrated, they used one of their cell phones. They called the front desk. The concierge said, I'll send your bellman over as soon as he's available, 
But unfortunately, he's with someone else. The bellman actually didn't show up for 15 minutes, and by the time he got there, the room was unlocked. One of the elderly women happily informed him that an older bellman with a bit of a Scottish accent wearing a double-breasted plaid jacket had come to their rescue. They were most appreciative for his assistance. When the bellman was... He was... The bellman was a little curious. He wanted to know more. He wanted to get some further details of the other bellman's appearance. So the elderly women, they began to talk to him. And before you know it, he realized he had been given an exact description of Sam McCauley. There have been other occasions where guests have gone to check out, but found themselves in need of a bellman. They have phoned the front desk for assistance, and not two minutes later, an elderly bellman arrived at their door ready to help. For example, one such night, there was a married couple leaving the hotel with their two small children. They had packed their bags, but it was a little too much to handle by themselves. The husband got on the phone in the room and called the desk for an extra set of hands. They said someone would be up right away. No sooner he had placed the phone back on the receiver, a knock came at the door of his room. The husband opened the door to reveal an elderly bellman in a green double-breasted plaid jacket with a smile on his face. Talk about service. This guy must have flown up the stairs, the husband thought to himself. Well, he invited the bellman in, showed him where the bags were. Everything was snatched up and off they went down the stairs. Time to check out. When the when they finally made it down the stairs, the husband was so thankful for the bellman's help, he turned to give him a tip. Unfortunately, there was no one there, just a pile of luggage. The bellman had apparently disappeared. By the way, Sim was the head bellman. I thought I should mention that. He had an office upstairs on what was called the mezzanine floor, which was only accessible from a service elevator. Staff members referred to it jokingly as floor one and a half. It's said that Sam tends to reside here. Many years back, there was some extensive remodeling being done at the hotel, and this particular area was converted into extra guest rooms. From my research, I've actually uncovered that one of the first guests to sleep in one of these new rooms had a rather startling experience. A successful female author checked into the hotel for about a week. She had come in from out of town and would be attending a writer's convention in the area. At some point during her stay, she found herself asleep one night and awoke to what sounded like someone shuffling bags around her room. This was a very odd sound, so she jumped out of bed, grabbed her glasses, and turned on the light to reveal an elderly bellman dressed in a green plaid jacket. He was getting her things together as if she were about to check out. She yelled at him and said to unhand her belongings. On top of that, this was an intrusion, and she would be letting management know of, of her discontent. The bellman let her things go without saying a word, and then he simply vanished before her eyes. After that, the writer decided it was probably wise to ask for another room. A young man looking for work took a chance one day. He wandered into the Fairmont Bomb Springs Hotel. As he opened up the front doors, an older bellman dressed in a green jacket quickly pushed past him. He was carrying what looked like some heavy brown luggage. The young man was nearly knocked over by him. It was as if the bellman didn't even notice. 
Bothered by this, he soon forgot the reason for his visit. He instead made his way over to the front desk, and he asked the clerk about the bellman in the green jacket. The clerk had no idea who he was talking about. So the young man went on to explain himself, you know, with a little more detail, and said that he wanted to know who he was because he nearly knocked him over on his way in. The clerk politely informed him that no one on the Bellman team wore green jackets anymore, and they had not since the 1960s. The young man scratched his head and asked, Well, who the hell was that guy? The clerk laughed as a sly grin came across his face. Sounds like you may have met Sam. Not to worry, he's a good guy, I promise. He's just one of our resident ghosts. The young man went pale and turned for the door. Several years back, a mother and daughter arrived at Fairmont Bomb Springs from Calgary. An entire weekend getaway had been planned for the daughter, as her 20th birthday would soon be upon her. It was a Thursday night. It was about 10.30 p.m. when they pulled up to the hotel. A tall African-American man who was a bellman greeted them as they stepped from the car. He kindly fetched their bags and took them to the lobby. Both mom and daughter noticed that he wasn't dressed like anyone else. He was wearing a black suit with a black hat, and every part of his body was covered. No skin was showing at all whatsoever. They thought this was very odd, and when he came back out, they caught a glimpse of his name tag that read Sam in big bold letters. The daughter took a mental note and said, Thanks, Sam. He offered her a friendly smile and inquired about her visit. Mom got back into the car, drove it around to the parking lot. All the while, the daughter chatted with Sam and mentioned that she and her mother were from Calgary. They were in town to celebrate her 20th birthday. Once again, the man smiled and wished her an early, happy birthday. Mom walked up from the parking lot and her daughter waved goodbye to Sam as she ran over to join her. As they reunited, they started chatting amongst themselves, walking up to the hotel together. When they got to the entrance, Sam was nowhere to be found. The daughter thought it was weird, but perhaps he was in another part of the building helping out someone else. A couple of hours later, she was in bed, trying to make herself tired by playing on her phone. As she laid there in the dark, she surfed the internet, reading about the history of the hotel. That's when she discovered that the hotel was haunted. Whoa. She nearly dropped her phone. She read some more, and soon unveiled that one of the many ghosts at the hotel was a former bellman named Sam. Sam apparently... He was a kind-hearted Scottish man with white hair that loved his guests and would do anything to help them. The next day, the daughter was headed downstairs to the lobby when she saw the bellman who had greeted her the night before. She ran over to him, calling out, Sam! The tall African-American man was dressed differently now, but it was most certainly him. The bellman turned to greet his young guest with a smile on his face. I am not Sam. My name is Tony. It's nice to meet you. Where are you visiting from? The birthday girl looked at him, completely and totally confused. His name tag said Tony in big, bold letters. Are you messing with me? We met last night. I told you I am in town for my birthday. The bellman looked back at her strangely and replied, Miss, I've never seen you before in my life. Turns out Tony had been working at the hotel for... 20 plus years and was a veteran employee. He had actually won employee of the year on more than one occasion. The daughter kept grilling him and asking him why he chose to play such a nasty prank on her because last night his name tag said Sam and she was sure of it. Again, he had no idea what she was talking about. 
The young woman finished out the rest of her stay with her mom. She enjoyed herself quite immensely. But this incident bothered her. She couldn't shake it. All the way back home to Calgary, she wondered if the ghost of Sam the Bellman had somehow used Tony's body to meet with her the night that her and her mom had arrived. Last up to the plate is the MVP of ghostly legends here at the Fairmont Bomb Springs Hotel. I'm talking about the legend of room 873. According to my sources, once upon a time a man went crazy and murdered his wife and daughter in the room with a butcher's knife. Unable to cope with it, he took the knife to his own throat and slit it from ear to ear. Shortly after the gruesome incident occurred, paranormal activity kicked up. Guests who stayed in the room would report a number of spooky things like the covers being ripped off the bed in the middle of the night, disembodied voices, bone-chilling shrieks and screams, and loud bangs on the walls of their room. What's even scarier are the bloody fingerprints on the bathroom mirror that maids could never keep clean. No matter what chemicals they were given, the fingerprints would disappear and then mysteriously return. The activity in the room reached such an all-time high that the management team thought it best to just break up the room and put it all behind them. A team came in, sealed it off, and that was the end of that. Over time, lots of guests would come and go. Lots of them would inquire about room 873 and ask if the stories were true. The staff denied it, of course. They said it was just an urban legend, a, a, a ghost story that a bunch of people started years ago. A few people on staff just refused to acknowledge this altogether. Despite the staff's many attempts to conceal the tragic field room and the history of it, people continue coming in search of it. It was about 10 years ago when a married couple by the name of, names of Michael and Claire Clairbeau visited the Fairmont Bomb Springs. They arrived in the lobby and Claire went over to the desk to get themselves checked in. Michael, in the meantime, wandered over to the elevators as the middle one was opening and closing by itself. It seemed like there was some kind of glitch going on with it. He stepped inside the elevator. You know, he was mechanically inclined. He figured he could take a look at it. Well, he looked down at the buttons and before you know it, vroom, he was zipped off to the eighth floor. For some reason, he was inspired to go exploring. He stepped from the elevator and found that the floor felt ice cold. It made him highly uncomfortable, but he continued. As he walked the lonely corridor, he took note of the different rooms and realized that there was one spot on the wall where it looked like a room had once been. He could see the faint outline of a door. While he stood there staring at it, he began to hear faint tapping sounds from the other side of it. He placed his ear up against it. He listened, and then he heard the muffled voice of a little girl. Please help me, she said. Michael was so terrified, he took off running back to the elevators. He pushed the button, the doors opened, and he jumped inside, sweating bullets from head to toe. Once inside, he found himself staring into the eyes of an older bellman who had white hair, and he had some luggage with him. He asked Michael if everything was all right, to which he replied, I think your hotel is haunted. The bellman let out a chuckle. <laughs> Indeed it is, sir, but after a while you tend to get used to it. With that, the bellman faded into the air and disappeared before Michael's eyes. 
Next thing you know, the doors to the elevator swung open and Michael walked out as white as the linens that would later be placed on his bed. Michael's experience is just one of many up on the 8th floor of the hotel. Most people think it has to do with the ceiling of room 873. People hear pounding on the walls from the other side. Odd cold spots are felt. You know, the disembodied voices are heard. I, I, I told you guys. The staff has been told not to talk about it. Some of them is personal preference, but for the most part, it's from management. They, they think it's best. Is it because the alleged grisly murder never took place? You know, it, it, it's a ghost story? Or is it the fact that it actually did happen and it's just bad for business if they do talk about it? Who really knows? Unless somebody goes digging into an archive somewhere and pulls out a newspaper headline that specifically states Joe Schmo murdered his wife and daughter, what else do we have to go off other than hearsay? Either way, it makes for a great story. After seriously digging into it, though, myself, and I mean, I've searched the internet, I've reached out to staff members at the hotel, I haven't come up with a solid answer. So if anyone does, please shoot me an email, hauntalyyourspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to know. However, these are just a few of the many lingering spirits that still call this place home. Guests have also, over the years, claimed to have seen a ghostly bartender who encourages drunken guests to get back to their rooms. Others have seen a headless musician playing bagpipes on one of the staircases. There's also tales of a secret room where paranormal activity is in abundance, but it's nothing more than an architectural faux pas. When the hotel was initially being constructed, the carpenters forgot to put doors and windows in this one particular room. To cover up their mistake, the room was joined with another room to create a suite. Shadow figures have been seen. Orbs have been seen. Odd knocking sounds have been heard coming from the walls. And much, much more. From what I've read and gathered from a few different reliable sources now... The hotel is supposed to be quite amazing. That's not even taking into consideration the fact that it's haunted. But perhaps this is why the spirits choose to stay. It's a little slice of heaven on earth, if you will. I can appreciate that. It gives you reason to come back. Well, let's not forget to mention the Bonf Hotel is beyond scenic. The village is beyond scenic. If you ever get the chance, add it to your list of places to visit. Hell, I know I am. I know very well it'll be a trip that I never forget. I mean, thinking about the 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 landscape, the the mountains, the lakes, the hiking trails, and all that. I mean, let's not even f- forget to mention the ghosts. I'd be one happy camper. Give me all the above. My friends, that is all I have for you tonight, I'm afraid. I'm working hard on the very next episode as we speak. In episode 10, we will adventure together to India for a special two-part episode 
where we will walk down the roads of history together to view two of this country's most haunted locations. I've also decided that episodes are going to be released bi-weekly now, unless I say otherwise. A lot of research goes into these episodes, and I really need to be able to have the time to dedicate myself to them. I hope you guys can appreciate that. So, enough chatting. Enough listening. Head over to my Facebook page, like the show, follow us on Instagram. Uh, be sure to check out the new Hauntingly Yours Lounge on Facebook, where you can catch recaps of different episodes, meet new friends who love the paranormal, share your own stories, and much, much more. Oh, don't let me forget, there is also an official merch store for the show now also. Be sure to check it out. Grab yourself a Hauntingly Yours t-shirt. Do it. Support a great paranormal podcast. You can find all the show's links at our link tree, www.linktr.ee.com backslash hauntingly yours paranormal. Most importantly, don't forget to review and subscribe. Take care, my friends. I am DC O'Rourke. Look after one another, if you will. The world is becoming such a strange place these days. Until next time, I am and will remain, much like the spirits, hauntingly yours. Mm-hmm.